that sometimes takes takes you know a bold move to say no. Like, what's the real reason behind you asking me to hire a female uh, head of engineering? My name is Charlotte, and I'm the CEO of Equalture, a company that is on a mission to shape the world of unbiased hiring. Welcome to the Oops Unbiased podcast. So uh, for today's episode, we actually, um, I'm not having one guest, but two, uh, because it was actually the recording of a webinar that we hosted recently, that Gonzalo and Sasha joined. Uh, both have their own uh, company in recruitment. Uh, they help companies with their recruitment needs. And in today's episode, we are going to discuss the role of recruitment agencies when it comes to DEI strategies within enterprise companies. I think that, well, luckily enough, more and more companies have a DEI strategy in place, but also more and more companies are partnering up uh, with recruitment agencies um, because usually the needs are higher than maybe the people that they have ready for it. So, what we are going to discuss is where is the balance between a recruitment agency taking responsibility of that and the company they're working for taking responsibility of their strategies before partnering up with a recruitment agency. So I hope that you will enjoy this episode today. What we are going to discuss today is DNI strategies from an agency perspective. Um, I brought two amazing guests with me today uh, who are much more experienced in recruitment agency than I am. Uh, so before we start off, uh, Sasha Gonzalo, thanks so much for joining today. Would you be able to give a quick introduction of who you are and what your company does? Uh, well, hi, everybody. And hi, Charlotte Gonzalo. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, let's start with that. My name is Sasha. Uh, I am uh, one of the founders of Your Talent Agency, which is an agency that focuses on uh, recruitment and relocation uh, with a DNI mission very much in our DNA. Um, my career has always been uh, primarily in recruitment, tech recruitment, and I would also say primarily on the agency side. Um, next to uh, to my day job, I also uh, side hustle as a keynote speaker, a trainer and a workshop host, uh, which also always is around this topic between diversity, equity and inclusion. So that's me. For now, I guess. Uh, yes. Charlotte, uh, first of all, thanks a lot for, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to, to be here. Uh, my name is, is Gonçalo Sequeira. I'm from Portugal. I worked for nine years in the recruitment scene. I started my career in a consulting company, but then moved for final clients. I worked for Fidzai, Mercedes, Agen, Trengo uh, in, in Amsterdam and in the Netherlands. Uh, so I always went more on the uh, final client side, but uh, last August I started my own agency hire. Uh, right now it's it's me and two, two other people uh, doing a lot of recruitment and a lot of trainings. Uh, basically, we are focused on helping companies to hire tech talents and also helping recruiters to become even better on what they do. So we also do a lot of trainings to recruiters. And d is, of course, an uh, important topic nowadays that we try to embrace as an agency, even though that is not the first, first, first priority for us and for our clients is something that we need to, to have in top of mind and we need to help to yeah to talk more about this that's why i found this event quite interesting because it's not every day uh, that we have ngcs talking about that so i'm very curious to know how this conversation will go thanks so much and i, I completely forgot to introduce myself and it's actually linked to the topic of this webinar today so um my name is charlotte i'm one of the founders of equal chair 
We um, are an HR tech company based in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. What we basically do is we develop games measuring the candidates, talents, behaviors, etc., that are being introduced at the very start of the hiring process with the goal to make sure that your first impression of a candidate is purely based on science without too much interference of gut feeling, uh, biases. You look at a resume and you immediately have an opinion. And we do that for both internal uh, recruitment, but also for recruitment agencies. And what is the nice link, or not nice, but interesting link to today's webinar I actually had a recruitment agency myself for two or three years before I started this company. And I ran into the issue that we're actually going to discuss today. So I always wanted to, we always tried with our agency to promote the candidates uh, with a diverse background who might not have had the best resume uh, or the opportunities that a lot of others uh, already received somewhere along the way. And we just couldn't crack the code for some reason. Uh, we were talking about five years ago now. So I think DEI was also slightly different in terms of priority a couple of years ago. So we actually started Equalture because we couldn't manage to make that change in the time of having a recruitment agency. So I'm very curious to uh, and keen to learn from your experiences there. Hey, before we move on to DNI, um, because I think a DNI is nowadays quite strongly linked to the talent shortage that we are also perceiving on the labor market. What do you guys see in today's labor market? Because it's an interesting one, right? There are a lot of different issues coming together at the same time. And I can imagine that as a recruitment agency, that is quite challenging. Yeah, um, if, if it's okay, uh, Gonzalo, if I, take, yeah. if I answer yeah. first. Um, yeah, the market has, is, is always changing, but I do agree that over the course of the last year, year and a half, uh, and before that, of course, we had Corona, which was uh, something that made people preferably just stay in their seat because the future looked very uh, unclear. Um, then that got cleared up and then we saw like a, a sort of a, a positive effect going in that people wanted to change jobs again. So all of a the sudden there was this bomb explosion of talent. Um, and now that with, well, I don't have to tell you guys that uh, with, with the war happening, with a recession uh, happening or around the corner, there's so many uncertainties happening around the world that people get anxious. Um, and there's a lot of layoffs, especially in my domain, in the, in the tech industry, there's a, there's massive layoffs going on, the bigger corporates. Um, and that, yeah, that brings a different kind of anxiety. So it is definitely more difficult already from that side. And what we also see is that our clients, because as an agency, you work for clients, um, clients are expecting more for basically the same that you were already doing. So, or they even want to pay less. So they they are also uh, anxious and more scared and making decisions. And for the amount that they're willing to spend on an external partner, they are expecting a lot more than a couple of years ago. So I think those are the biggest changes that we are experiencing. Now, is that the same for you, Gonzalo? Yeah, I, I agree with that part that clients are expecting uh, way more and we as an agency, we need to deliver uh, way more. But I, I think in terms of candidates, uh, it's slightly easier because you have more people available in the markets, even though for certain positions where, where there wasn't happened layoffs, people are more scared to change jobs 
like uh, Sasha was saying, because people uh, don't think twice, they think three times or four times before uh, making a move. And I think that's really the challenge in the NGC side, how we can make sure that that person is ready to make the move, that they are really motivated to make the move, because it doesn't matter to take someone from a good job to put them in a job that is not that, that good for them. And we really need to be a partner for the candidates to make sure they have the right motivation, they have the right skills to help our clients. Uh, and the clients also thinks twice or three times before making a hiring decision. And we need to help them towards the process and making sure they, they make the right move. So I think this is not more challenge or less challenging. Uh, I think last week a client asked me, so it's more difficult to hire now or not? And I told them that it's this is always difficult. Otherwise, people won't go to the agency to to help them out, right? If if they are looking for an agency, it's because they, they have a hard position to fill. It's not an easy position to fill. I, I would like yeah. to have easy, easy positions to fill, but I don't. I only have hard positions to fill, but I like that. That's why people hire us. And I think that's why uh, a final client or a company go to agency and ask them for for help. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey, to um, zoom in on the topic of DNI because I just mentioned in my introduction, like I did, tried this five years ago at the agency side and couldn't make it, but that was five years ago. I've seen some changes, uh, maybe not enough, but at least some. You're in this industry, uh, both of you, also for a longer period already. Have you experienced a change in mindset or efforts that, that companies are taking and also therefore uh, involving you in when it comes to DNI? Mm -hmm. Maybe can start with this one first, Sasha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think this is also uh, location related uh, because I worked for eight years in Portugal and we didn't spoke much about uh, diversity in our organization. I remember when I started at Mercedes, I was the second uh, person to join. And when I looked to the workforce with 30 people, there was only guys that were married or with a girlfriend. And then I started to realize I, I have only the same people in, in the room. I need to do something to change this. And I started to realize that uh, diversity and inclusion uh, takes a place in the, in the companies. Uh, but back in 2017 in Portugal, nobody uh, spoke too much about this. And when I, I moved to Amsterdam in 2021, I started to hear much more about that. I started to see actions that companies were doing to change diversity in their workforce. And then I started to realize, okay, there is something here. There is a methodology that we can use. There is an effort that companies can do. So since 2021, at least for me, this topic is much more important than, uh, than before. And I see that in the Netherlands, there is a, a lot of effort on it because there is a very international workforce. So we also are uh, more open to that. There is an open Open mindset and there is a need on that because if we have people that are diverse we need to make sure that we include them well that we have a good onboarding that we have like experience um well i i think what he said is something that um a lot of people ask ask me as well like why is it why is this such a big topic all of a sudden it's always been a topic there, there was a big, a big bang happening, of course, uh, in the world a couple of years ago, um, which, which almost happened simultaneously. So we had a big um, a Me Too movement, um, and we had the Black Lives Matter movement, and um, that is what really distinctively put DNI all of a sudden on the map of a lot of companies and put it in their strategic goals, because everybody was shook up, the world was shook up. 
Uh, and then people started noticing, like, we really have to take measures to uh, to show the outside world that we are at least uh, trying and making an effort. And then um, uh, diversity policies and uh, action plans really became measurable. And believe me, we're not there yet. Uh, I think it's going way too slow. Um, but that's, I think, where everybody saw that big change happening. And we put a, we put a mark on it because now... At least people understand a little bit what we're talking about when we're talking about DNI or DEI, uh, and that's the starting point. Uh, but I think um, what companies are requesting, and that's something that we see happening, is really help on, okay, I know we have to and we want to because it's not something that only goes with you have to. It's never the right motivation. It's something that needs to come from within um, the whole company, especially leadership. But once they feel that they want to move to a more inclusive workplace, uh, they miss the tools and they miss the knowledge. Um, no. And that is a request that uh, that I get. Well, if, uh, if it's not daily, it's at least a couple of times a week, which is a good thing happening because you can't change what you don't know. No. Mm -hmm. hey, and do you, do you guys think that um, because this is always it was always the struggle that I had when I had an agency still is that like, is, is it your responsibility as an agency to help defining the strategy or executing the strategy? Uh, and I think that a lot of companies just have no clue where to start. So the defining part, some sort of unconsciously becomes part of the job. But what is your view on the balance between responsibility of you as an agency, as an external partner and the company? Good question. Um, well, I believe it's about it's about trust and partnership. So the closer you are with your clients and your partners, uh, the bigger your trust will grow and uh, the more they will start seeing and believing and acting on your advices. That's what you, Gonzalo, also said. That's the reason why they want to work with an agency is because you know better, you have a bigger talent pool uh, in domains that they don't know where to tap into. So if you are, will, um, yeah, I don't want to say willing, but even um, um, if you can get in that comfort zone of having a really trustworthy relationship with your client, which is difficult, I know, but um, definitely not impossible, that you can call them and just explain like, oh my God, I found, I, I found, the perfect candidate. Nothing has to do with uh, what they look like on CV or what they look like in physique, but just based on how well your relationship is with your client and how well you understand what's missing in their current team. And that for me goes more about competences um, and cultural fit than on, yeah, did you have the right education or did you have enough years of experience using a certain tooling? Um, so I think you can get there, but it means you have to invest a lot in, in your relationship and, and building uh, in that trust and also feeling a little bit bold enough to give them the pushback because from a traditional world, and it's also how I've been um, I want to say raised as an agency recruiter, the client says something and you just run, right? You run for whatever they want. That's, that's how we used to do it 10, 10 12 years ago. Now, mm -hmm client is basically asking you to be their business partner and also they need that pushback but based on, on the right valid arguments and experience 
And then they are a lot of times very willing to listen to you and to try out different approaches and talk to different types of candidates. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it also depends a bit on the stage of the client and how big is the company and what they already done or if they didn't do anything so far. So I think like Sasha was doing, creating the trust, it's very critical uh, because otherwise they won't listen to us and we can come up with a lot of ideas, but they won't work out because that trust is not there. But if the trust is there and if they are in a, if they are a small organization, we can drive a lot of that strategy and we can help them a lot. Uh, if the trust is there and if the organization is bigger, maybe we just need to uh, create some tools, give them some guidance, and we don't need to be so much uh, pushing ideas because the company is already working towards uh, diversity and towards inclusion, which I think is the most important thing right now. Oh. I do have one question. So what I've seen from uh, my experience a couple of years ago, to give you some frame of reference, when I had a recruitment agency, it was purely focused on females. So we were the definition of positive discrimination. And something that I changed my opinion about throughout the years is that positive discrimination, at least in my opinion, is not the solution to the problem. So that's why we, for example, also don't necessarily stimulate our customers to do that anymore. Um, I think something that you just mentioned, Sasha, is interesting. Like, for example, we try to stimulate companies to also focus more on competencies, et cetera, instead of just resumes. Uh, there are still a lot of companies, and I see that as well in our customer base, that think that, for example, anonymizing a resume or positive discrimination or whatever is the trick to get more diverse people in the organization. Some people might agree, some might disagree. How do you balance your personal view on how to ex execute a DNI strategy versus the client just wants something because they've agreed upon, for example, we always want at least five females in the pipeline for a specific role. Because you, you might not agree with that strategy. Did that ever happen in the past? Yes, for me a lot. Um, I, I think it's a matter of um, what your own values and vision are and in how well does that match with your client? Uh, and again, that that sometimes takes takes you know balls and a bold move to say no. Like, what's the real reason behind you asking me to hire a female uh, head of engineering? That's that's a, that's that's a, um, a role that we get quite often: a head of product, head of engineering, which are leadership roles within a tech company that is still predominantly male. And um, they don't want to have the whole leadership team male or that the one excluded female is HR. Um, so then the, the focus is really much on hiring me a female uh, um, head of engineering. But the reasoning behind it is a lot of times they can't, they can't give us the right argumentation. Besides yeah. that, either the board said, like, you need to become more diverse and this is the next hire on the list. So make sure that that's a woman. Um, if they can execute and explain well what the strategy behind it is. So it's not uh, a one box hire, but it's really a strategy and uh, we prefer this, but of course we're going to look for the person that fits best in on all um, on all requirements. Mm -hmm. Then I think you have a very different conversation. So it's also about being curious as an agency recruiter uh, and feeling more comfortable with asking those uncomfortable questions. Um, that's something that that uh, that I train a lot of recruiters in as well because I know it's uncomfortable to ask 
So what's the reason that you want to hire this and this person in this and this uh, for, for diversity hire? Should be, uh, it should be like embedded in the strategy. Um, but on the other hand, we always get very positive remarks because yeah, we're asking questions that normally nobody asks. Um, and it's also mirroring of what do you want your perfect team to look like? What is, a, what is a good representation of the world? Is that what you're aiming for? Then we need to aim for um, a representation in, in your talent funnel that we're going to introduce. And it's, uh, it's going to be a bit more time. So also explain like, hey, that female head of engineering, or you want to have more diversity in your leadership team. So we need to find more diverse candidates, which is more than just gender on male, female, or non-binary. Um, then uh, instead of two weeks, maybe it's going to take us four weeks or five weeks to come up with uh, with a short list. Are you also willing to wait a little bit longer to get a more diverse talent pool? Yeah. Um, that's that's the kind of conversation uh, agency recruiters are having. Well, should be having more with their partners and their clients. Um, then slowly you will see that their mindset is going to change, and then of course you need to deliver on it as well. Yeah. Have any of you, the both of you, ever worked with a company where DEI was clearly, or at least you had the feeling that it was more some sort of companies feeling the pressure from the outside to do something with that? And if that happens, what do you do with it then? Would you, for example, decide to then still work with that customer? Or what happens if you maybe find it out only after you started your assignment there? Uh, so uh, I, I worked uh, recently with a company that basically they just told me, hey, we need more gender diversity because my team is just guys. So uh, we need a, a female uh, person for this specific role. Uh, and that's that's OK, right? That's a good ambition. But then, like Sasha was saying, we need to ask questions to understand the real motivation behind it. And if the really motivation behind it is just because it doesn't look good on paper to have just guys on my team, that's not the right motivation to do that. And this will uh, not only uh, uh, takes more time to find the right person because the motivation it's not there. Sasha, did you ever experience this? Maybe after you started an assignment, because yeah, if it if it happens before you decide to collaborate, then you could always decide, of course, to not do it. But yeah, did it ever happen after you signed a contract? Oh yes, yeah. I think. It happens more often than we want to uh, than we want to know and see. Honestly, um, you will find out sooner or later, right? And then I think it's a little bit of a combination between gut feel, um, le learning what the leadership is like. So um, yeah, sometimes again, being a bit uh, a bit brave in asking, like, can I can I meet people from the leadership team, not uh, to question them but to get to know them and get to know their reasoning because it starts in the end uh, with leadership, right? If the leadership thinks this is, this is a box we have to cross, but we don't feel we really need to change and want to change, um, the, rest, the rest of the organization can push as hard as they want and, and offer as diverse talent pool as they want. Uh, um, it, it's never going to fly. If they already get to the higher then they still don't really practice inclusivity. And that means that your hire is going to be unhappy potentially and leave within a couple of months, which is even worse. And everybody who has an agency or works for an agency 
knows like once you make your hire, you want somebody to to be successful and stay on board as long as possible. Yeah. So yeah, um, it happens quite often. It also happens a couple of times uh, when we were already halfway and and found out okay, this is not the right motivation behind it. Um, starts with having really good conversations. Sometimes uh, it ends with. Yeah, declining the assignments and saying like, okay, if this is if this is the motivation, um, you're we're not a good match for each other. Yeah. Um, and a lot of uh, as a starting agency, that's very scary, right? But on the other hand, uh, what I said earlier, it's important to stick to your values um, and your own mission and vision. And if it's not aligned with a client, um, it's you're gonna break up anyway. And yep. then rather just break up when you're still in the dating phase, then uh, when you already get to that signing a contract and making the announcement um, of, of placing a candidate there. Uh, so, yes, it happens. And then uh, my advice is to listen to your gut feel and trust your values. And yeah. Act on that. yeah, definitely. Uh, do you see that DNI is becoming equally important for both candidates and your clients? Yeah. Uh, I, I think so, especially on the candidate side. I think there is more candidates asking about the DNI policy before even entering in the process, uh, especially for groups that are unrepresentative in the society. So I see a lot of that going on on the candidate side because for some people, they already suffer on their own skin the problems of working in a company that is not very uh, diversity focused and they felt left apart and that's why they are changing so there is more and more questions uh, about what the company are doing before entering uh, in. Uh, and I think that's fair because if we want to change something, it's not only the companies that, that need to change, but also the people that come in. And they also need to make those questions because this will help to uh, help the companies to uh, be more incisive and to look for more information and to have better policies in order to, to receive the, the right people in. So I see that's happening more and more and I think and I incentivize that to the candidates uh, when I see that makes sense. Do you see the same, Sasha? Also, maybe the, the, uh, it's interesting. I read a report from Glassdoor and Indeed, I think last November, in which they asked uh, a couple of thousand candidates uh, whether DNI is some sort of a design factor for them. There were clear differences also on generational level. Uh, do you see it as well? Oh, yes, yes. There's this really cool graph. I think I even shared it on my LinkedIn once, but it's uh, it's an interesting one. And this data gets renewed every every year, or probably every month, because the Generation Z that's now coming on the market, who are our interns or our starters at the moment, they value DNI so highly uh, compared to, for example, millennials who are now in that phase of okay, it's important, but it's not going to be my defining factor in choosing my next career move, um, if it's not really embedded in a company, which is in values, which is in a policy, which is in representation of the people actually work there um, and uh, displayed in the right way. So not in a pinkwashing way where you ask your one minority colleague to be on the picture of all employer branding campaigns, but it's really embedded. Uh, and it goes beyond gender and race. So knowing that it's going beyond gender and race and also 
um, explaining like, hey, we're not there yet, but this, uh, these are the action points that we're actually taking as a company to become more and more inclusive and diverse. Um, that's what the newer generation is looking for. And I think it's even heavier on the candidate side than on the client side, because for, um, for the clients and the partners, it still feels a lot of times like, ooh, we see our competitors are doing it, everybody's talking about it, we hear more and more quotations are coming on the market, so we have to move along with what the market is asking of us. Um, the candidates really feel it, like I want to work somewhere where I can feel represented and I see that there's enough representation in all layers of that company so I can achieve whatever I want to achieve in my career. So I think on the candidate side, it's even heavier. No. Oh. Hey, an interesting question. There is a new policy, of course, coming up where you have to prove that every candidate got the same opportunity to get hired for a job. I didn't know that it was in 2024 already, uh, but Alfie just mentioned it. What would be your advice to recruitment agencies in order to get ready for that? Because that's quite a heavy, that has quite an impact, of course, on your work. Yeah, and I've been saying this already for uh, for a couple of years that it's going to be a matter of time before the government is going to take actions. The same with the women's quota in um, uh, advisory boards and commissionary boards. Uh, everybody had a big opinion about it, or you loved it or you hated, but you had an opinion about it in the Netherlands. And I I already sort of suggested, or I think expected something similar to happen when it came to the bigger recruitment market. Um, I think my best advice is really start prepping. You're already basically too late. Sorry, if it's going to really... I didn't know it was it was uh, a done deal already. But 2024 is around the corner. We know how fast time goes. So start prepping, start educating, and start um, um, yeah, learning on what, what kind of impact is this going to have? What kind of things do we need to have in place to make sure that we can also apply to that matter um, and not wait it out. Because um, I think in, in, in these kind of big changes in the market, it's better to be part of the, of the early adopter uh, phase than the, the later majority. Uh, especially as an agency, you need to be able to make that difference. And you can make a difference by, by making sure on the educational level, you and your recruiters know what you're talking about. No, absolutely. But thanks so much for joining this one. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Uh, and for everyone who's listening, if you have any follow-up questions uh, for Gonzalo or for Sasha, feel free to um, add them on LinkedIn, of course. And I hope to see you soon on uh, one of our next webinars. And big thanks again, guys, for being here today. Thanks, guys. Thank you Thank all. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.